It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. Oh, Dr. Brian, it is a a very special night. It is Sunday, of course. It is 8 o'clock. Of course, it is time uh, for episode 205 of the Ron and Brian podcast, but it's a very special night, Brian, because tonight is our four-year anniversary. That's right. Hard, hard to believe it's been four years, uh, but the time has come. Uh, Brian, uh, how do you reflect back on the past four years? Well... You know, four years ago, I was, uh, you know, if you look at, at, at the station in life where I was at, um, I had just recently purchased um, my third um, uh, home in the Poconos. Uh, I was putting together my uh, real estate portfolio. Um, uh, COVID was not something that people had talked about. Um, I had just recently sold all of my Bitcoin at $22 um, per Bitcoin. Uh, I, I, um, you know, I didn't think there was anything to it. Um, and yet at the same time, an old friend entered my life by the name of, uh, Ronnie B. And he said, Hey, let's do a podcast. And, uh, you know, uh, if you look at the past four years of my life, I've, I've, I don't have many regrets. I've got a couple, but, uh, something truly special came out of it. And that is this podcast, the person that is to the left of me, if you're watching on the computer screen, if you're listening to the audio, it's the other voice that you hear. But most importantly, it's the family that we have created over this um, past four years. It's the, the fans of the show, people all across the globe who have reached out and said, hey, listen, you know, one hour a week, I, I, I set aside everything that's going on in my life. And I share it with Ron and Brian. So to those people, it is actually to you I congratulate. Not not to myself. I, I take no glory here. Ron, no, none for you. It's the people. It's the fans. It's the listeners. Ron, uh, yes. How would you look back on these past four years and, and acknowledge that I have made them better for you? I mean, first, your humility. Uh, it touches me. Um, it, it humbles me at the same time. Uh, and yes, I mean, I think, you know, obviously I'm very thankful for those members of the Ron and Brian universe that have followed us for these four years, uh, but mostly thankful for, for you, my friend, uh, I think you are my friend. What is interesting though, is four years ago, uh, 2018, when we started this podcast, we were like, oh, look how horrible our country and our world is. It can only get better from here. And, And I would argue it's worse now than it's ever been. So we have that to also look forward to, the continuing uh, fall and decline of our civilization. Your your upbeat outlook at all times is something that I look to when I feel getting, that that I feel like I'm going to getting, you know, dragged down um, into a, a layer of depression. I look to you to lift me up emotionally, spiritually. Yes. Was that all you could come up with? I got to. That's it. That's it. All right. Um, well, let's uh, let's get things rolling with this fourth anniversary edition uh, with a good old standard drink of the week. Drink of the week. Nostrovia. 
drink of the week. Slide check. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Brian, what the, what special concoction have you brought for this our fourth anniversary edition of Drink of the Week? For the fourth anniversary, Ron, I knew that I could not come in with anything less than 6.8 ABV. Went into my beer fridge, pulled out the Sam Adams mm. Wicked Hazy IPA, Wicked. which is it's a it's a wicked hazy. From a, a juicy New England IPA, a lot of people would say, hey, you know, I would describe it as juicy, hazy, and full-on wicked. Um, it's bursting with fresh fruit aroma, packing punches of orange, mango, and pineapple. It's delightfully drinkable with fun flavors and a smooth, silky finish. Crack it open. Be prepared. This beer is wicked delicious. Coming from Sam Adams up in Boston, I'm drinking this beer. All right. Uh, is it wicked good is the question being asked right now. It's not bad. Okay. You know, I, I, I'll i be honest. Lately, I've been all about the loggers and the pilsners. This is um, uh, one of my more crushable IPAs that I, I, I've got. It's it's not overloaded with the with the bitter hops at the end. All right. Good. Well, I hope you uh, I hope you enjoy that. I hope you have a good time. Um, I have yes. a question. Why yes. would William Esquire decide now to jump in and, and call me out for inconsistencies? I, I don't know. It's uh, You've been consistently inconsistent over the last four years. I don't know why so I, all of a sudden he has higher expectations of you. Ron, what have you brought for our fourth anniversary? So uh, going back to a staple in the Philadelphia area, uh, Victory Brewing. Uh, a couple weeks back, I went with a selection from their Golden Monkey line, and I go back there once again. Uh, look at the size of this can, Brian. This is 19.2 fluid ounces of Sour Monkey, uh, Victory Brewing's Sour Triple. Um, this is uh, tastefully tart, mystical flavors, fruity notes from imported Belgian yeast, uh, swirl through a precise souring, pucker up to a bite of citrus-laden tang, ending up with a delectable experience. Uh, what's that, Brian? You're asking the alcohol content of this 19.2 fluid ounce beer. It is clocking in at 9.5%. That's right, my friends. It is going to be a fun evening. Let's take a sip and see how this is. Let, I, I love the color of that beer. Oh, it's oh, it's tart. All right. I mean, it's tasty, but it is it is a sour. Mm. I tell you something, when you come in, when you're bringing that ABV to the table <laughs> after dark is going to be special, Ron, do you want to let people know what after dark is and why they should be interested in it? I mean, after dark is exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers. If you go to the link down here, ronandbrianpodcast.com, click up in the upper right-hand side of the homepage um, and subscribe for $10 or higher. You can join us live at 9.30 after dark. And yes, a high ABV beer uh, means sloppy Ron in after dark. So make sure you join us um, on the Patreon. Mm. Brian, yes. you ready to air your beef? Oh, I'm here. I'm ready to air my beef. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? 
Oh my gosh, Ron. The price of gas. <laughs> okay. Are you just noticing this? I um for the first time in probably I would say maybe four years, three years, could be two. I uh, uh, filled up a uh, a car with um, it was a full tank, I believe, and I believe it came out to about seventy or eighty dollars. Sounds about right. I I'm sorry, but don't we have a president <laughs> who cares about the American people? The 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 tax that that the uh, uh, that the that OPEC, uh, Russia, other oil producing. Uh, 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 countries have put on the American people. No wonder our economy is in bad shape. No wonder the American people are suffering. No wonder there is inflation. No wonder there is infrastructure damage. No wonder there. <coughs> Sorry, I had to had to cut you off, Brian. Uh, but yeah, so that's what we've been putting up with for uh, for about uh, three four months now. How is it you people have not gone into like full uh, 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 armed revolution at this point? <laughs> I think it was like four eighty nine a gallon. Probably if you filled up uh, on the throughway, that sounds about right. It was outrageous, outrageous. The rage um, uh, that I felt. I'm just shocked that um, that the American people are so complacent that they've not taken up arms and, and, and to the streets to get these gas prices down. We've got a president in the White House who doesn't feel the pain of the average American. It is time that we, uh, uh, that uh, you know, in, in two years, when we go back to the polls and elect a new president, we need to get 46 out. We need to put 47 in. You're putting your foot down already, huh? And when I when I went to my senior prom, I wasn't trying to get forty seven in. I was just trying to get two in, but didn't happen. <laughs> Good to know. Didn't happen. Ron, happen. what's yeah. your what's your beef of the week? What's really bugging you? So my beef of the week this week, Brian, is uh, is with the Garden State Parkway. Um, as uh, as you know, we were uh, we were up in Albany, uh, New York this weekend. Part of the reason you needed to fill up that gas tank, yes. um, and so in order for me to get there, I had to travel on the Garden State Parkway. Um, which you know, there's there's two things wrong with the Garden State Parkway right off the bat. Um, number one, it's located in New Jersey, um, which if there's one thing that New Yorkers and Pennsylvanians can agree on, um, no one wants to be in New Jersey. Nobody uh, likes New Jersey. Second problem is the parkway is loaded with drivers from uh, New Jersey. Again, very problematic. Nobody likes anybody from New Jersey. Uh, but it is, it may be the worst road um, in the United States. So, and again, I can only speak to the stretch from the Pennsylvania Turnpike to the New York State Thruway. But I would say that roughly, I'm going to, I'm going to ballpark it here. 89% of it is under construction at this point. Okay. So let's not space out construction projects. Let's just have roads torn up. Um, so uh, lanes will appear and disappear at whim. Um, sure. You get to uh, the one, you get to the toll booths and it goes from four lanes um, to 30 lanes for the toll booths and then immediately back down into four lanes. So it's like, it's like Lord of the Flies at every toll booth, just people shooting all over the place. It is a mix of cars 
um, driving 80 miles an hour and 20 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> a variety of vehicles held together with, you know, Bondo, duct tape and bungee cords. Uh, Jersey, Jersey. All, all, you know, showing proudly their battle scars from driving on the Garden State Parkway. Um, it's telling that the new uh, New Jersey state motto was changed to Rubbin' is racing. Um, did I just make a 1990s Days of Thunder reference? Yes, I Quite did. Possibly. It's the fourth anniversary. We're going to break out all the all the good stuff. And then the rest areas, Brian. The rest areas, they are less rest areas and more dystopian wastelands um, that have separated themselves, uh, seceded from the United States. I stopped at one because I had to go to the bathroom. And sure. I will tell you, it was the only point in my trip where I felt safe not wearing a mask because COVID was not going to survive in this bathroom on top of Understood. Everything. Understood. There was a sheen of water on the floor and yet extension cords going all over the place. Um, there was just torn apart stores in there. Again, they've seceded from the United States. My money apparently was no good there. I wanted to get a $8 packet of Twizzler. Um, went up to the woman at the cash register um, who was uh, clutching her Let's Go Brandon uh, spit cup and said, ah, oh, that's no good here. You got a bare knuckle box me for them Twizzlers. Um, and I just said, you know what? I'll just wait. I'll wait till I till I get out of here. Um yeah, so it was just uh, it was just crazy. I would uh, if if you can avoid um, if you can avoid New Jersey, I would I would say so. Because um, again, we were going up for a funeral, and you would assume if you're going up for a funeral, you hope the only place you're going to see a dead body is at the funeral itself. Of course, you know, of course. I saw a dead body uh, along the trip, Brian. New Jersey. In an accident on Route 17, guy managed to flip his car and fling himself and and die. You you know you know he died for a fact. So we're driving. This is on the way up. We're on we're on 17, and the, there's there's backed up traffic, so we're going slow. And I can see, you know, the flashing red and blue lights in the distance. Sure. I can see they're on the opposite side. I'm like, all right, so these are just rubberneckers looking at whatever the accident is. As we get closer, I see in the middle of the road a piece of yellow tarp that looks body-sized. And then oh. as we got closer, they had those pop-up screens in front of the body-shaped tarp that was there. And then we saw the, the car off to the side. And then we also wow. saw the, some 19-year-old kid uh, rammed into a, uh, a, a tractor trailer and managed to kill himself. So the 19-year-old kid died? He did, yes. He, is, uh, he, is, uh, he was the one I assume was under that tarp. Um, but shockingly, he did not die in the Garden State Parkway because I felt at most times I was going to die in the Garden State Parkway. The, the part that I don't really understand is that when you're driving from New York City up to Albany, which is pretty much a straight shot north, how is it that you end up at parts in New Jersey? Well, because we have to cut from, you know, from Pennsylvania. You're coming in from Philly, but I'm talking about even times where I've left New York City. Right. I've gone through Jersey. I, I'm not sure why you would do that unless it was to avoid traffic potentially. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, listen, um, I would have to say that of all the things that happened this past weekend, um, the most uh, uh, traumatizing and uh, uh, sad uh, feelings that you could have experienced were absolutely... I'm um, driving through the state of New Jersey. Yes. 
according to William Esquire, should have taken 202 to 287 to the throughway, avoid all of the tolls. I will tell you, uh, when I popped in, this made me think of William Esquire. When I popped in my, uh, my Google Maps, it was like, all right, uh, three hours, 45 minutes to get to Albany. Uh, if you want to avoid tolls, it's just five hours and 10 minutes. <laughs> and William Esquire would accept um, uh, uh, spending another hour and a half on the road to avoid the tolls. He'd be like, that's a fair exchange. That's a fair exchange. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I would say this. I, if you look at the amount of, of, of money that you've spent on tolls over the years, or more appropriately, the amount of money that William Esquire has saved on tolls over the years has to be, um, it's got to be a significant number. It has to have added you up. I think so, especially now because tolls are, I mean, I had to pay a couple of $2 tolls uh, on the Garden State Parkway, um, which is actually an upgrade compared to when you had a 35 cent toll uh, every 500 feet. I want my $2. Uh, so, yeah, uh, again. Do you I remember not... when you had to chuck the change into oh, the yeah. little basket and people would miss ahead of you and you would just sit there in rage while somebody opened the door and then got down on the ground to pick up their change? It was the worst. I mean, I would, I would buy the rolls of tokens just because I was making that drive so much. But, yeah, people mm -hmm. were con consistently um, or they would just, you know, you could really do it a slow roll just toss the chain sure. and roll through. But then there were people that would insist on stopping, rolling down the window, dropping the change in, waiting for the arm to go up and then pull away. Mm. Hard to say Parkway has just caused me rage my entire adult life. So I don't know why I'm surprised now, but it's even worse than it's, it's ever been. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I genuinely am sorry to hear that because, uh, you know, with everything that was going on this weekend, the last thing you should have had to deal with was road rage. But I did get to see uh, my best friend Brian in person. So that made it uh, all worthwhile. Uh, it was pleasant. So, Brian, what the, what's on tap this week? What's, what are we going to talk about? Okay. There's a lot to talk about this week. Um, first off, we can talk COVID. There's a lot going on in the world of COVID. Um there's a lot of talk about abortion. Okay. You know, a lot of a lot of things going on with abortion rights in America. Um, we also still have a war going on in Ukraine. Uh, a lot of developments this past week. But the one thing that I think um, uh, really has had America's attention is Republican Congressman Madison Cawthorn, mm. who many people say is the future of the Republican Party. He is a Trumper. He is a handsome young man. I would say mid to late 20s. Uh, 26. 26. Um, is he the guy that married the Russian woman under suspicious uh, circumstances? Um, was that him or was that? Uh, yeah, I think that I think you might have that. Correct. Um, hold on. I'm going to look it up. You take over. Um, but apparently Madison Cawthorn, uh, he, he, he made the news this week. Well, and let's jump back. So he made the news a month ago because he was the one um, who commented that his colleagues in Congress uh, were doing cocaine and uh, inviting him to orgies. So he's yes. got to have something that gets him in the news each and every month. Um, sure. So now it is... Um, Oh, he uh, didn't. Hold on a second. He he married a girl and they divorced within eight months. Okay. 
He's um, not also, the one who married the the, uh, the Russian woman. He married some model, but he's also somehow in a wheelchair now, which I don't understand. Well, he was uh, it was in some sort. Of, I mean, he's been in a wheelchair since he's been in Congress, but he was uh, he had some sort of accident or something along those lines uh, last week. Um, they apparently uh, the TSA uh, confiscated a gun from him, which is the second time he has been trying to bring a gun. Um, a loaded gun. A loaded gun through an airport. Gun as a, he was trying to bring a loaded gun onto an airport. Um, and uh, that was a problem. And Who so, knew he couldn't bring a loaded gun on an airplane? You would, think <laughs> that one, you would think that one of our lawmakers in Congress would have figured that one out. So this past week, a, uh, a leaked video came out uh, of him um, naked and uh, apparently uh, getting on top of another man, uh, getting <laughs> physical. Uh, we've got the video here. If you're if you're watching the video, um, he's kind of bare-assed and grinding against someone. So wait a second. Go back because I think you missed you. I think you joined here. This is the beginning of the video. And this is where he uh, where he allegedly, as a joke, uh, humped his friend's face while he was naked. Now, what I don't understand here is that the wheelchair is right there. So he's not, he seems to have um, ability of his legs or hips or whatnot. Well, I mean, there are, there are some people in wheelchairs that have some use of their legs, but not to the extent that they can walk. But clearly, them hips work. As we can see by that, by that grind he gets going on there. I'm not sure what okay. all the noise. There's a lot going on here. First off, we're definitely going to get flagged by YouTube. I mean, there is there is no way we're going to be able to monetize this this, this episode. Um, second of all, the noises that he's making, I don't understand. Um, uh, it, it sounds like he's trying to make noises that that would would be um uh, in a way to uh, to emulate or or to uh, uh, replicate uh, an orangutan. I'm not quite sure, or or that that song that goes like "Huga Shaka, Huga 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 Shaka." That's like I don't know. I got a word, a word. I don't know that song whatsoever. Um, anyway, know, so he didn't deny that this was him. He came out and he said, uh, "Quote years ago in this video, I was being crass with a friend, trying to be funny. We were acting foolish and joking. That's it." Um, Brian, I would uh, say that you are a friend and we have often been crass and funny and uh, sure. neither of us has humped the other's uh, face while naked. Not even the fact that we've never been, uh, but, but uh, we've never been that close to each other physically. I mean, the closest I think I've done is a pat on the back to you. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, and let alone taken my pants off in front of you, gotten completely naked. And then tried to, and then humped your face. Oh, I was gonna say, and despite what the rumors are, we have never uh, been naked together in the same room. No, never, never. Even when remember that time when we were in college and we did the uh, Russian schwitz? Um, uh, we went down to the uh, 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 what are they called? The saunas. The theme um, baths. Yeah. Everybody in the room was naked. Um, you went in, if I remember correctly, you were wearing your Spider-Man uh, uh, cosplay. Yeah. Um, you refused to take that off. Uh, and if I remember correctly, I was wearing jean shorts and a, um, a wife beater t-shirt. No, wasn't a wife beater. Wasn't I wearing my wife beater t-shirt? Uh, was it that or was it the bippy top? I don't remember. No, no, no. It was the wife beater t-shirt with the nipples cut open. Okay. You're right. You know what? I stand corrected. I apologize. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but, but we, even during those circumstances, we wouldn't be naked in front of each other. Yeah. So again, so we've got this video out 
Um, he has faced scrutiny for his use of taxpayer money at a luxury resort. Um, he possibly could have violated some insider trading laws. Uh, an ethics group filed a complaint against him last week that alleges he had an inappropriate relationship uh, with one of his staffers. And he is also facing a lawsuit uh, from voters contending that he should be booted uh, from the next ballot uh, because he engaged in an insurrection uh, in violation of the 14th Amendment back on January 6th. But we know that's not going to hold up. No, no. And surprisingly, a Republican has uh, spoken out against him. Senator Tom Tillis from North Carolina um, said Cawthorn uh, has, quote, temperament and judgment issues. But Brian, I would I would say that there is a um, and just as based on interviews I've seen with him, there's absolutely a sense of um, uh, um, what's the word I'm thinking of uh, douchebaggery. That that he sure. carries with him at all times, um, where uh, he he genuinely seems to have uh, the smugness. Literally, is uh, just dripping off of him, much like his um, uh, 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 liquid bodily waste leaking out of his. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Colossomy bags. His alleged colossomy bag. Oh, oh, you think he can poop? It's very possible. I mean, if you saw the way them hips move, it seems to me he's got a little bit of motion down there. But Brian, shockingly enough, he is not the most embarrassing GOP candidate this week. Would you no, like to know who not at all. Andrew Wilhoit, he is an Indiana man who was charged back in March with killing his wife, Elizabeth. Um, mm -hmm. She had just completed her last chemotherapy treatment for breast cancer. Uh, she was seeking a divorce after she found out her husband had been having an affair. Um, and so this past week, um, he won his GOP primary uh, because he was running uh, unopposed. Uh, but and he will be on the ballot in November if he has not been convicted by that time. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Fucking believable. Like the thing that 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 has um that I feel that has really been um at the forefront of the Republican Party is their um utter lack of um it's not even discretion, but it is shame. There is literally nothing that they are uh, uh unwilling to do in um uh, in in the efforts of pushing forth their agenda. It is um oh here's a guy who um, we who prosecutors believe uh, murdered his wife, and the Republican Party will not throw toss him off the ballot. The voters will continue to show up and vote for him. So um, the interesting thing got, is he's sorry. running for the uh, the uh, three open seats on the Clinton Township. Uh, board in Indiana, uh, where he lives. Um, so all three uh, people in the primary were Republicans. Um, so the three candidates, the the, the winner uh, received 106 votes. The second place received 100. And this guy, again, in jail for killing his wife, still managed to receive 60 votes. So almost received 58% of as many votes as the person who came in first in this GOP primary. It's it's just it's wild and embarrassing. It's it is so embarrassing that this is the 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 one of our two major parties, and you've got guys who are who are, who are um, outwardly liars, um, comfortable uh, uh, trying to disrupt the um, uh, transition of uh, presidential power, um, uh, unabashed um, 
uh, 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 oh God, I'm sorry. I just got upset thinking about what uh, Mitch McConnell did when Obama was trying to put forth the uh, Supreme Court nominee. And then um, uh, four years later, how they rushed through the Handmaiden's Tale lady um, into the Supreme. I mean, like the uh, uh, the ability, the gamesmanship of politics, where they literally are 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 not even putting forth the argument that they are a party of moral people, but we are an agenda, and we will do absolutely anything to push forth this agenda. Oh, by the way, we love God and we're pro life. Right. Um, I guess I guess now we got to talk abortion. We do uh, because uh, the, if the one thing uh, GOP has shown, they may not care about you if you're a child. They may not care about you if you're a wife being killed by uh, one of uh, their political uh, candidates. Uh, but if you are a, a clump of cells yet to be uh, formed into a fetus, um, they want to protect you. And the Supreme Court does appear ready to. Uh, back that up um, with a leaked draft um, showing that uh, the Supreme Court uh, is going to strike down the landmark Roe v. Wade decision uh, that uh, passed in 1973, uh, which uh, basically legalized abortion uh, across the country. Mm -hmm. So I don't know when uh, the actual, you know, final draft will be released. Again, there is always uh, the possibility um, that, you know, uh, a vote could change. Um, the vote, as was listed in the Alito uh, draft that was released, was 5-4. Um, the justices all have the ability to write their own drafts regarding the votes of this. So there is, you know, always the slim possibility that one of those five votes could be convinced to flip um, and, and keep Roe v. Wade. But it would appear, as it stands right now, uh, that Roe v. Wade will be struck down whenever this is actually released. Is there any reason why we should be shocked by this? It no, is. It none is, it is. If you have looked at what has gone on in the Supreme Court, the um, uh, uh, the the justices that have been nominated by Republican presidents have become increasingly conservative, increasingly um, uh, further right. Um, uh, uh, that um, it was only a matter of time. I mean, when you think about it, Trump put three of the nine uh, 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 justices on the court. Um, prior to that, you still have, uh, what's his face? Uh, Judge Thomas. Yes. I don't know who Alito is. I'll be the, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I have no <laughs> idea who. Just who Samuel Alito? Yeah. Who put him in there? Bush? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Um, we know Bush. Bush. Bush didn't even understand what was going on every, uh, from day to day. Um, but uh, it is. Um, it was only a matter of time that, and this has become. You know, this is a lightning rod issue within this country. There are, is a very significant, albeit not a majority of Americans, who believe that an abortion is the murder of a life. That it goes against all the laws of mankind and the Bible, um, that an abortion is an act of murder and that um, it is something that we need to come to a complete, um, uh, that we need to uh, uh, come, uh, that needs to be stopped. Um, it's, you know, the fact that people are shocked that um, this is where our current court has um, decided to side um, 
I, I'm not surprised. I think it was only a, a matter of time. The one thing that in something we've discussed many times, it's not as if the um, uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade will immediately outlaw abortions in all of America. What it will do is return the matter of abortion to a state's rights issue where each state gets to decide whether abortion is going to be legal in that state. Um, as we have discussed so many times over the past 205 episodes, um, you know, health matters are a, uh, you know, a, a state, you know, issue, um, not federal. And if it is, um, you know, treated as a medical issue, um, therefore it goes back to the states. There are plenty of states right now that have already started taking steps to increasingly uh, remove abortion rights um, from women and men. Let's let's be honest; it takes two to tango, um, and um, uh, and I, I, it's not shocking to me that there are already states that will the, the day after um, this decision gets handed down will immediately outlaw abortions in their states. I saw a very interesting uh, tweet. Um, on Twitter this week, soon to be owned by Elon Musk, um, which basically said that Roe v. Wade did not create abortions. What it did was it suddenly um, uh, allowed women to have safe um, uh, abortions or have the right to have safe abortions. Women are going to continue to have abortions in states where it is banned. It's not going to come. It's not going to come to a stop. What is going to happen is that the um, availability of safe and medical abortions will be taken away, and that um, women who do not have the um, financial means to um, hire a uh, you know a um, uh, a doctor who's willing to violate the law, um, they are going to be putting their physical health in jeopardy. They are going to, um, uh, and with that said, it is only a, it's a known fact. They are going to be sick. They are going to die, um, all as a result um, to uh, uh, to get rid of abortion. Um, and it goes back to one of the things people have said for 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 a very long time, which points out the hypocrisy of the Republican Party, the hypocrisy of the far right, the hypocrisy of the. Um, uh, of the religious right, which is that they take this ho- this 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 holy um, uh, stand of abortion is 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 murder, and that we need to be pro life. But once that child is born, the the right has over the past forty years gone to extraordinary lengths to remove any level of help in that child's life. They've cut funding for public health. They've cut funding for um, uh, education. They've cut funding um, for uh, hospitals and whatnot. So it literally is we're, you know, no, absolutely. You have to be born. Um, That is we are we're pro-life. But then afterwards, fuck it. It's all on you. We don't give a shit. Um, uh, Lower taxes so we can uh, live in our McMansions in the suburbs. And, uh, and to your point, Brian, there are 13 states that have trigger laws in place already, which means that um, they would go into effect immediately if Roe v. Wade is overturned. Um, Ten other states have uh, bans that were being fought uh, in the courts, um, which those cases would be dropped if Roe v. Wade uh, passes. And yeah, to your point, you know, it's not a case of abortions are going to stop 
uh, if Roe v. Wade is, is overturned. Again, it will just result in increase in a number of illegal abortions. Um, sure. Estimates uh, on the number of illegal abortions in the 1950s to 1960s ranged anywhere from 200,000 to 1.2 million per year. Uh, one analysis uh, based on data from North Carolina concluded that there were an estimated 829,000 illegal or self-induced abortions in 1967. And uh, the death toll uh, with illegal abortions accounted for 17% of all deaths attributed to pregnancy and childbirth uh, during that time. Uh, and again, you, you nailed it on the head. It's not a matter of protecting the child because no. there is there is nothing that has been passed. And again, Remember that, you know, during the Trump presidency, the first couple of years, you know, they controlled the White House, uh, sure. Senate, all of all of Congress, really. And, and the House of Representatives. We do not have paid family leave. We do not have good health care. We don't have, you know, uh, good education. We have stripped, you know, SNAP benefits and welfare and cut things to the bone. Um you know, the one the one clip that kept getting uh, sent around was, you know, the George Carlin bit um, where, you know, he said, you know, once a kid is born, Republicans don't give a shit about that kid yeah. till he's old enough to be enlisted in the military and pick up. A right. Rifle, you know, Correct. So they're going to protect you until you have the ability uh, to die for your country. Correct. It's it is. um as somebody who 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 feels strongly about um, the issue, it is so painfully sad to watch what is happening because it it there is there is absolutely a sense that this is not something that um, the, the the tide's not going to turn. Um, uh, there is absolutely no way any of those justices are going to change their mind. Um, the backlash against them uh, will be uh, huge. Yeah. Um, the pressure on them right now um, to, to to hold the line has got to be huge. Um, who knows who their um, uh, masters are in terms of ensuring that they vote the right way? Um, you know, uh, Kavanaugh, who liked beer. He liked beer? You got you to give me a little bit more heads up. No, 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 no. Ron, you, you come... You come to this episode prepared. This is our four-year anniversary. You thought we were going to go for an anniversary show and not and not have a I like beer. I liked beer better, but um, you know, I I think the one thing that has um the possibility of change of of uh, uh, change is that um a it will um uh if you look at the statistics a majority of americans uh want there to be abortion available to women correct uh maybe some states more uh, with, with some restrictions attached to it or not but this you know uh, the majority of the people um uh, uh are not looking to have abortions outlawed um they do have the power of going to vote um you know, one of the things that we saw in 2020 was um, uh, the issue of uh, whether, you know, in, in the presidential election, you know, did we want another four years of Donald Trump? Um, and uh, one of the things, regardless of uh, how you feel about the uh, the outcome, people showed up in record numbers to vote. Um, regardless of the, uh, uh, you know, the boxes of ballots that were thrown out in Republican counties, 
um, the fake Dominion uh, numbers that were reported overnight in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Illinois, and Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in New Mexico, Georgia. Um, in Georgia, in Alabama, uh, in Delaware. This has got to stop. Just got to break it out. But, you know, the, the one point that people keep making is like there, there are people who are like, well, this is happening just in time because this is going to energize people for the midterm elections and they're going to come out. But the fact of the matter is we all came out and voted in 2020 and it hasn't made a damn bit of difference. But that I think that speaks to the um, the lack of efficacy of the Democratic Party. The Correct. Democratic Party is painfully weak um, in terms of their ability to get a, 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 any type of agenda accomplished. One would, I think it would be a logical argument for one to make as to whether the Democratic Party as an entity is actually invested in, um, in success. Because from what I have seen since, um, I would say the last successful Democrat was uh, Bill Clinton, and one would argue that he was um, a, a, a left centrist. He was yes. not far left. He right. very much was um, a, 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 uh, as, as middle of the ground, if not, you know, a, a little on this side and that side um, Democrat. But if you look at Obama, absolutely look at what he um, announced he would accomplish if elected. He was in power for eight years. Um and the needle barely turned. Uh, Democrats, when 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 handed power, Democrats do not understand how to push things forward in the same way that Republicans do. And the the further reaching implications of this leaked draft, you know, show that with with the with the arguments that Alito is making uh, in regards to his theories of what rights are protected by the Constitution and which rights should not be enforced by the courts, you know, he really teed up challenges to both uh Obergefell versus Hodges back in 2015 which my uh, goodness I didn't even think of Obergefell versus Hodges it's so clear to me now which uh which you know uh basically legalized gay marriage in this country and also going back to Lawrence v Texas back in 2003 uh which outlawed uh sodomy uh laws and basically decriminalized uh homosexuality so the the assumption by those that have you know, read this, uh, this opinion is that, you know, Roe v. Wade is just the beginning. And then any rights that homosexuals have gained over the last, you know, 20 years uh, will be next on the chopping block uh, by the GOP and, and the conservatives of this country. So, uh, you know, again, and in just looking at rights for women, if you carry this a step further and you look at the rights that women have had to fight for, the only right that is guaranteed by uh, to, guaranteed to women in the Constitution is the right to vote. So you could, in theory, then say that, you know, it could go as far as to say that you could strip any other right women have gained other than the right to vote up to this point based on this opinion that Alito has read. Could you strip women? Uh, we would not do that. No, we are too woke on this podcast. On this, podcast. we're very woke. Um, question that I had for you is: Do you think that this will trigger a? Because I have not heard one uh, peep of dialogue about it. Um, but there was talk of uh, uh from the Biden administration at the beginning of their uh of their term in twenty twenty one 
of increasing the number of justices on the Supreme Court. You know, what it's going to what it's going to require, it's going to require the Democrats to band together and ban the filibuster. Uh, right. Because that is that is the challenge that faces any major piece of legislation right now. Like there is um, there is a, a piece of legislation going to the floor of the Senate this week um, that would prevent it, w- it would be a law to basically prevent the banning of abortion in mm-hmm. America. It is not expected to go anywhere because the Democrats lack the 60 votes needed to avoid a filibuster by the Republicans. So okay. the only way you know, you, you can do that is to get rid of the filibuster and, you know, with uh, senators like Manchin in West Virginia and Sinema in Arizona, you know, I think you have a tremendous roadblock in, in getting anything done at this point. I think the, the one, the one hope you would think at this point is if in the 2022 midterms that the, the, the Democrats can flip enough Senate seats from red to blue to make Manchin and Sinema irrelevant. Right. And I, and I don't know that that can happen because there is such as much frustration as there is against the GOP right now, there is an equal amount of frustration against the Democrats right now for having sat on their thumbs for the last two years and not made any meaningful progress um, in any type of legislation. They they passed infrastructure. Sure. That was that was the only thing that they that they managed to do. Did they pass and wasn't that a watered down infrastructure bill? It was it was stripped down a bit, but again, it was, you know, it was a piece of legislation that a someone on the GOP could vote against. Right. And then go back to their district and applaud themselves for the money that was going to come to their district because Got it. Got it. I, I, I do recall that. I do recall that. Um, yeah, it's really, uh, you know, I would I would like to have thought that uh, for our fourth anniversary that we would have, um, uh, you know, been in a better place. I, I would like to have thought that America would have handed uh, the Ron and Brian podcast a, a, a fourth anniversary um, splendid week. Um, unfortunately, it has not been that. Now you've depressed me, Brian. You, you've taken you've taken the, you've taken the room down a bit. The only reason that I take it down, Ron, is because I know I can bring it back up. All right. What's What's, the next story that's going to bring it back up? The thing that is going to bring it back up is what is going on in Ukraine. Another week has gone by and another week that Russia has has failed to really um, uh, uh, show their ability to have a world class military that 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 is at the that that should be feared by other superpowers. Um, this week, one of the things that that I felt really started to um, uh, uh, change the landscape of this war was uh, the news that was start that was trickling out from the U.S. Um, from the U.S. intelligence communities. Um, and then uh, uh, acknowledged by the administration of what types of help that uh, the Ukrainian government was receiving from the United States. I mean, over the past, what has this war been going on for now? Maybe two months? months now. I think it feels like that. Um, you know, at first there was there was there there really was was talk of restraint on uh, the Biden administration's part to openly 
um, uh, support Ukraine uh, as they feared um, a potential escalation against Russia. Um, there was a lot of talk of World War III. There was talk of um, a nuclear uh, a, a nuclear holocaust. Um, there was there, there was talk that NATO was going to get sucked into this battle. So there were, there really was a lot of hesitancy in the beginning of this war. Um, uh, uh, it, it felt like Ukraine was on its own up against probably maybe the 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 number two or number three military in the world. Um, what you saw this past week was just a um, an open acknowledgement about um, uh, the extent of U.S. support to Ukraine. Um, it had been well it had been well established early. Um, that the um, U.S. was providing arms, these Javelin anti-tank missiles that were um, being provided to Ukraine from third-party countries like Hungary. Sure. We'll go Poland. with that. I, I know Poland. I know Poland had 100 tanks that suddenly went missing um, earlier this week. Shockingly, um, uh, uh, were found in the hands of the Ukrainian army this week. And uh, when when asked, Poland said, oh, "We're not really sure how that happened. We're we're we're, we're very disappointed that we lost tanks." Um, but this week, um, the amount of intelligence, um, specifically that was referenced, um, uh, what was the uh, the big um, uh, the big ship, uh, the the Kvorka? What was the name of the, sh- the 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 large carrier that the Russians had in the Baltic Sea? Um, that was launching missiles into the Ukraine. It was finally acknowledged earlier this week that the United States um, identified that ship. What do you know the name of the ship? Or did I have no idea. You're, you're you're talking uh, above my head now. You know, I really wish that you paid attention here. Um, <laughs> but there was a gigantic ship, the Moskva. That's what it was, the okay. Moskva. Um, there were 500 Russian so, uh, 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 Navy men. Navy women, Navy people, because we are we are woke. Um, we're woke here. I don't know if the Russian Navy is woke, but there was um, uh, over five hundred uh, uh, personnel on that uh, on that carrier. Um, the Ukrainians uh, sank it apparently with two drone missiles. Um, Russians still claim that it was uh, a fire that broke out um, that caused the ship to sink. Well, earlier this week, the U.S. intelligence community acknowledged that they identified the location of the ship um, off uh, uh, the coast of Ukraine, um, uh, identified, uh, provided the coordinates to the Ukrainian uh, army who proceeded to launch the missiles to Russia and uh, uh, sink the ship. Um, In addition to that, one of the stories that has been, uh, uh, I felt uh, um, uh, suspiciously um, uh, prominent was um, the number of high-ranking generals in the Russian army yes. who have died um, during these uh, uh, during Ukrainian attacks, um, uh, suspiciously a high number. Um, one of the things that I read two weeks ago about it uh, is, and uh, one of the reasons why um, uh, American army analysts think Russia is having such a difficult time is that it is. Um, uh, the Russian military is not decentralized. It is very a top down in terms of decision making. So um, you've got a lot of Russian generals who um, are called to the battlefront. 
Woo! Where did I get that word Man, from? You're, like, you're on fire tonight, my friend. I saw I, I saw the word coming up, and I knew I was going to struggle and stutter. But boom! <laughs> I got Battlefront. But it, uh, but a lower level uh, Russian um, uh, military personnel, your uh, the, your colonels, we'll call it. I don't know, like your sergeant, whatever. They are not empowered to make important decisions. They require. Um, the uh, the higher level, the upper echelon to make these decisions so that forces these generals to have to go to the front lines to um, study what's going on and then making decisions. Whereas in the American army, those types of decisions have been empowered to lower level who then report back up. So what happens is that in a Russian war, like what's going on in Ukraine is you've got these generals that are being called to the front line and because Russia, in in just a a lack, a complete lack of um, a, a top level military, they're using open source communication. They're using just cell phones that can be um, uh, 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 the audio can be captured and geo located um, very quickly. Um, that it is um, uh, that 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 their uh, locations are being identified almost in real time, reported back to the Ukrainian army who are launching their missiles to take out these Russian generals. Um, it really is sending this message that the Russian army does have weapons of mass destruction, um, weapons that they have not used yet. Um, uh, the suspicions that they have chemical, biological weapons. We know they have nuclear weapons. They've not used any of that. There is a lot of talk as to why Putin has shown restraint, has not gone um, balls to the wall in Ukraine. I know, I know, I know, Ron, that was one of the things that you said at the beginning of this uh, conflict was Putin's going to go balls to the wall. Putin loves balls to the wall. He is all about going balls to the wall. And he, he has not yet. Um, he has very much um, fought a uh, a restrained traditional war, and he's gotten his ass handed to him. Um, so uh, I was very surprised this week at the um, acknowledgement that the U.S. and I think a lot of it has to do with how feckless the Russian military has proven to be. That the uh, Americans are now feeling confident enough that they can lay claim to responsibility for these higher levels of support. Um, of Ukraine and and not fear um, retribution. I mean, at the beginning of this, we all were, I mean, how many years have we been suspecting Russian cybercrime, right. uh, uh, cyber hacking was going to take place? You know, we were going to, they're going to shut down our, our electrical grid and whatnot. Um, not to say that they don't have um, a lot of uh, uh, resources invested in, um, in, in the cyber hacking community, but um, we've not seen any of that. And it, it, it pays the question of, were we wrong? You know, one of the things that 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 ended the Cold War was the realization that um, that we had uh, far outspent the Russians in terms of uh, military, that our economy was significantly uh, in multitudes more powerful than the Russian economy. And that they you know, and that with Ronald Reagan um, uh, uh, speeding up uh, the uh, the arms race, Russia was, uh, you know, eventually uh, inevitably uh, unable to sustain that level of spending, and that's what caused their economic collapse. And in addition to you know what's going on with the Ukraine, there also has been uh, a lot of health rumors swirling around regarding Vladimir Putin. Uh, sure, people uh, saying that recent videos are showing evidence of advanced Parkinson's disease, and rumors going around this past week 
Um, I mean, he's had rumors about cancer a lot over sure. the last few months, uh, but also rumors this past week that he underwent uh, surgery related to thyroid cancer. Um, yes. So perhaps that is why he hasn't gone, as you like to say, balls to the wall, is maybe he's been tied up with uh, with his health concerns. Listen, I, you know, yeah, listen, uh, you and I have spoken every week for the past um, 205 weeks trying to name episodes. Every week I say, this is the episode, we're going to name it, Balls to the Wall. You always overrule me. And I think this week, I may have it right, I think this week we do name this episode, Balls to the Wall. I mean, this week will be named a uh, fourth anniversary episode, but maybe in, Damn it, Ron. Maybe in parentheses, Damn it. Balls to the Wall. No, it's fourth anniversary. I, I'll try again next week. So, Brian, but, um, yes, if I can if I can take kind of a, a less serious topic and ask you a question. Sure. What are you watching? Oh, um, I'm going to say I, I've, I've not watched a lot of TV this week, but two shows um, uh, that are uh, I've mentioned already that I've continued are um, AMC's Better Call Saul. It's in its finest final season. Um, we're, 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 there's 13 episodes. I think we are in episode four or five of uh, of better of of the season. Um, stakes are getting very high. Also, um, as mentioned last week uh, on AMC Plus, yep, under the banner of heaven. Based yes. on a book by John Krakauer. Did you watch any of the episodes last week? I, I asked do you. Not, it's on my list, but I haven't gotten. Okay. Um, episode three came out this week. I'm halfway through it. Um, uh, learning a lot, uh, you know, uh, about the Mormon religion, the history of Mormons, and a lot of the different um, uh, offshoots, uh, more conservative sects. Ron? Yes. What are you watching? So this was, uh, I watched a lot this week, Brian. I don't know what it was. I had some time. I watched a lot. Last night, I watched on HBO Max. Um, and I know this will be near and dear to your heart because you're a DC guy. I watched The Batman uh, with Robert Pattinson, uh, the almost three-hour opus um, of the the latest in the uh, the Batman. Sure, story. sure, Ron. I am so much of a DC fan. I went. I I saw that in the theaters. Oh, I'm sure on the big screen it must have been it must have been epic. I mean, I was full chub for the for the first two and a half hours. After that, you know. <laughs> I'm approaching 50. You know, I can't have an erection for that long without, you know, um, losing vision and whatnot. So um, I got up, walked around the theater for a couple minutes, um, uh, went into the bathroom, um, smelled uh, uh, another man who was taking a number two in the stall. And that was able to relieve the tension in my pants. Ron, what did you think of the Batman? Um, so I will say way too long. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a decent movie. The one thing I liked is they didn't go too much into uh, backstory, either of Batman or the villains involved. Uh, but there was there was a lot of different layers of plot and different stories going on. Uh, I, I think they easily could have brought it into two and a half hours. Uh, so, again, overall, it was good. Just uh, just felt bloated at times. Um, what else did I watch this week? Well, it felt like the Batman. It, it felt like it was one of those movies that um, uh, nobody edited out. Right. It was just every scene that was originally in the uh, screenplay. They they filmed and they did it. Um, there were a lot of characters in the movie that were significant, and yet I did not think were necessary. 
Um, Colin Farrell played Scar, the Penguin. Um, I felt added nothing to the story. Um, uh, there was the uh, the uh, the mob boss did not add a damn thing to like it. Just um, uh, it, and and then you had the Riddler. Riddler, yes. Was that the main guy or not? That was uh, Paul Dano, so he was kind of the main bad guy. Yeah, yeah, he was the main. Guy. So it was just like there were there was you know it, had it just been Paul Dano, I would have been like, all right, we're good, we got a solid movie. But then there were all these other subplots going on that just were you know extended the movie, like you said, an extra hour that was unnecessary. What yeah. else did you watch? Uh, I finished uh, season one of Severance on Apple TV. I know you said it had a hard time. Uh, getting into that, but I will tell you the last. Uh, so it's a nine episode season. I will. Janelle say, said it wasn't that good. All right. Well, Janelle said it wasn't. Agree to disagree. I will say the uh, the last three episodes of season one uh, probably some of the best TV I've seen in a while. So I would really I, yes, I would say you know I would say the first wow. That's what is, why does Janelle hate the podcast so much? So negative. I would say if you were to break it up, the first three episodes uh, very slow ramps up episodes four through six and then episodes seven through nine you will probably watch them all in one sitting okay can you do me a favor yeah and i know we're already over the hour mark so people are getting free podcasts right now on top of the free podcast we already did um the the uh the can you walk me through what the arc of this of the show is because I fell victim to the slowness of episode one. I watched episode one, found it boring. It did not grab me, and I gave up. All right. So what? Am, so what am I? So the, the the idea is is that there is this world where people have have accepted losing, um, uh, uh, having their memory split in half between their work life and their personal life. Well, it's really just this one company. This one company where they have created this technology where their employees can have the option of having this severance surgery so that, yes, it separates when they when they head down in the elevator to work. Once they get to work, those memories are separate from the outside world. So the inside worker has no memory of what the life of this person on the outside is and vice versa. And so, but at the end of the workday, they leave the office, and now they have memories of their outside life. So what happens is, is they they take the elevator back up out of their office, and once they get back to the regular world, they they are back in their normal selves. And so they it basically you have two different people. So you have sure. these people that at the end of the day, all their life is is this work because right. they they know nothing else. And so it is the the arc of it is them really starting to become suspicious over the motives of the company that they work for and trying to figure out what their life is like on the outside. And, you know, so they're aware, they're aware that they had this surgery done and they understand that there's a world out there that they are not, that they don't have access to those memories, but they do understand that they have access when they leave. Yes. They, they understand that they kind of shut down and they're outside, you know, persona takes over once they leave the office okay interesting so, again and it's it's very out there like there's definitely like it's it's really it's a, it's an unusual uh, it's not like anything i've really watched but it, again i to your point it took like three episodes to really yeah. get through it and then it really starts to amp up from there 
Um, I what else did I start watching? Oh, I, I watched um, the stair uh, the staircase. So oh, if with, the documentary. Uh, yeah. So now they have created an actual like uh, series about it, starring Colin Firth and Tony Collette. I watched the first episode. Uh, just not not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with Janelle on that one. Uh, the staircase wasn't all that good. And again, if you've already watched the documentary, why would you then need to try and watch a fictionalization of what these people's lives were like? Because the documentary was very much from his um, told from his perspective. True, true. It was but, very slanted in terms of um, his innocence. But uh, yeah, but I, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I don't think I'll be I'll be keeping up with it. Um, I have not watched Moon Knight yet on Disney Plus. I will. Uh, that's the latest Marvel show, so I do need to get caught up. What is Moon Knight? Well, come on. If there's a Marvel show, why don't why, why aren't I watching it? What is we'll, Moon Knight? We'll, we'll watch it together. We'll we'll catch up on that. Um, I do want to watch uh, uh, the final season of Ozark. Came out this past Friday. Started um, watching the first couple episodes. Um, I've heard a lot of disappointing things about the ending. Um, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you. From what I've seen in the first couple of episodes, um, there's, been a lot of, there's been a lot of Ruth yelling. There's been a lot of Wendy yelling. Uh, there's been a lot of Marty trying to calm everybody down. And there's been people dying. Now, isn't that seasons three through five? Yes. So uh, that's just more of that. Um, I started watching on Netflix Meltdown. Um, which is the documentary on the Three Mile Island accident. Oh, um, yes, I put that on my list. So that is good. I've caught a couple episodes of that. One thing, beyond the beyond learning more about the Three Mile Island incident, one thing, and, and I love watching stuff back in the 70s and the 80s, uh, mm -hmm. stuff like this, because it just really goes to show you that for the last 40 or 50 years, um, government and big business could give a fuck about the general public. Like everyone sure. thinks that's like a recent thing in like the last 10 or 20 years, but you watch something like three mile Island and see how inept the government was on a state level and how the federal government and the company that owned three mile Island tried to keep information from the general public while literally, literally releasing radiation into the, into the atmosphere. Around sure. the sure. area. So now, three mile uh, Island was Pennsylvania, correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, Middletown, Pennsylvania. Where and is Middletown, Pennsylvania, in, regard, in relation so to where you are? Kind of like out by Lancaster and Harrisburg area. So more kind of more central Pennsylvania. Is it Lancaster or Lancaster? It's Lancaster. Lancaster? Lancaster. If you want to sound like an out-of-towner, call it Lancaster. Otherwise, I do pronounce it Lancaster. It's Lancaster. Lancaster? Lancaster. Why do people have to have such fucked up pronunciations? And why is it that I'm almost always wrong? Like, I'm never right on these things. God damn it. And also on Apple TV, I started watching uh, Shining Girls with Elizabeth Moss, which is like a uh, serial killer story with a, a pending supernatural twist, which we haven't gotten to yet. Is that the one where she plays the Brooklyn girl who moves out from her parents' um, home into an apartment in Manhattan while she's working at a Manhattan ad agency? Um, well, if you if you are asking, is this the same character that Elizabeth Moss has played in every TV show and movie that she's been in? Yes. And Got that's it. my my main issue with this show. It is a very interesting story that is somewhat ruined by the fact that is Elizabeth Moss 
playing yet another character that could be interchanged with any other uh, show or movie that she's been in. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, so I, I, I watched a lot this week. I'm telling you. You need to get back on the road. You need to get back on the road for work. All right. I will do that this upcoming week. I will get on the road. Okay. Um, anything else uh, we want to cover before we uh, we we end this uh, fourth anniversary? Spectacular? I I do feel like we had some celebrity deaths that we would like to discuss. All right, such as. Um. More importantly, um, Dave Chappelle. Can we talk about Dave Chappelle and then we'll skip celebrity obituaries? Okay, we'll talk about Dave Chappelle uh, attacked while performing at the Hollywood Bowl uh, earlier this week. What was that? I think it might have been even the night that we were doing yeah, yeah, yeah. the podcast. It was Sunday yeah. night. Yeah. Um, uh, attacked by a man uh, by the name of Isaiah Lee, um, who, I mean, for lack of the better term, uh, got fucked up by a security. Got, oh, yes. So here is a photo. Uh, don't feel his arm should be bending that way. Um, bloodied. Uh, his eye, his right eye, clearly uh, closing up. Uh, blood from the nose, yep. blood from the cheek. Uh, black fingernail polish and uh, fingerless gloves. So that's a look. Um, and uh, he, uh, he has pled not guilty uh, to four misdemeanor charges. Which is amazing that you can run on stage at the Hollywood Bowl carrying a gun slash knife thing. Well, uh, it was a gun. It was a, it was in the shape of a gun, but at the edge of the gun was the blade. The real question is, how did he get past security while entering that venue? I mean, I understand with Dave Chappelle's shows, most people, um, most of those shows, you are required um, to go through security. Uh, uh, metal detectors and whatnot, how he was able to get that through. Um, that how is he able to get so close to the stage that he was able to jump on it? Where was security to prevent him from running across the stage to to um, uh, uh, to stop him from literally uh, 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 jumping onto Dave uh, uh, Chappelle? Most importantly, um, uh, what the fuck did they do to his arm to they, get they his? I, I mean, like. But what's I mean, amazing so- is he's not facing a felony for any of this. It is all misdemeanors. And it is again, it is always amazing to me what laws are. Ron, on. why is it that you jump to the conclusion that because he's a black male in America, that he <laughs> needs to be charged with felonies? It is possible to be a black male in this country and be charged with misdemeanors. Yes, sir. And I'm, I genuinely am offended that you as a white male living in suburban Pennsylvania feel that if a black man does something wrong, that there needs to be felony charges pressed against him. Um, I'm ashamed of you. I'm right. disappointed. I apologize, in you. I apologize to you, my friend. So, but let me read you the, what he's being charged with. So sure. at battery. All right. Makes sense. Uh, possession, possession of a weapon with intent to assault. All right. Makes sense. Why that is solid. Okay. Solid unauthorized access to the stage area during a performance which i've been guilty oh i didn't even know that was a law because i've been guilty of that law and this is the fourth misdemeanor commission of an act that delays an event or interferes with the performer Hmm. okay now again probably only in la are you going to have um these type of laws on the books but yeah Wow. 
Well, LA loves its entertainers. That guy just got fucked up. Yeah, he got messed up. Um, well, I mean, I think that is it. I mean, it's been you a crazy week. Dark in 19 minutes. I need to get ready. It's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy four years. Uh, but Happy I think we've got, we've got at least another 205 episodes uh, left in us. I would like to think so. Would be my take. Uh, so, yes. So uh, if you are a Patreon uh, subscriber, uh, you can join us in 28 minutes uh, for After Dark. Um, if not, you um, can go on and 18 minutes? 18 minutes. I'm sorry. That 9.5 is kicking in. I have no idea how to tell time at the moment. But if you want to join us, go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Uh, click on uh, become a patron. Join us tonight. Uh, also, if you're we not. Do, hold up, hold up. We do have a game for After Dark. Ron, okay. Um, uh, this past week was the Met Gala. Um, a year ago, Ron ranked the um, wardrobe of uh, Hollywood celebrities or just media personnel that um, uh, attended the Met Gala this year. We said, you know what? Fuck the Met Gala. Um, the abortion rights are being taken away. Um, who cares what uh, one of the Kardashians wore to the Met Gala? Um, there, there's a war in the Ukraine. Uh, civilians are dying. Who cares what Elon Musk's mother wore to the Met Gala? No. What truly is important was um, that we also had the NFL draft. And um, truly, that is the um, the fashion event of the NFL football world. So this week on After Dark, Ron is going to be um, judging uh, the uh, outfits that were worn by the uh, first, the, the, the top 10 NFL draftees in, uh, um, in order, um, and he'll be ranking uh, uh, their wardrobe. All right. Uh, also, if you're not following us on TikTok, make sure you do it. The Ron and Brian podcast. Uh, now, uh, I just saw earlier, you can post videos on TikTok up to 10 minutes in length. Uh, so we can really uh, share some amazing content. So I can so I can put you're telling me that if I do it, I can do a 10 minute video. So what I can do is I can put up a montage of me having sex 48 different times or uh, yes, or I can play this uh, for 10 minutes straight. <laughs> so that is only five seconds long so that means i could play that 120 times on tiktok now uh you're an ass <laughs> well okay. i love you my friend i love, love you, you. Too. i'll see you in 15 minutes buddy four years um so yes Thank you, everyone who's watching right now. Thank you, everyone who is listening right now. Thank you for giving us the past 75 minutes of your life. Um, we do this uh, uh, primarily because it, it it's fun for us. But ultimately, it is also um, uh, it, it, the ability that there are others out there who find this entertaining um, means the world to us. So um, uh, thank you very much for giving us your time. Um, and if you could do something a little bit more, give us your money. Go to patreon.com slash Ron and Brian podcast. It may not be, that might not be the URL. So your better bet is to go to Ron and Brian podcast.com. Click the link in the upper right-hand corner where it says become a patron, sign up, send us a uh, uh, subscribe, give us a couple bucks a month. It helps offset the costs of doing this show that we out, we, we lay out every month. 
we're not do we're not doing this to uh to to get rich. We do this to entertain, but uh, every little bit helps. All right, I can't say it any better than you just did. So we're gonna roll on out of here. We will catch everybody next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.